Welcome to All Business No Boundaries, a collection of supply chain stories by DHL Supply Chain, the North American leader in contract logistics. I'm your host, Will Haywood. This is a place for in-depth discussions on the supply chain challenges keeping you up at night. We're breaking beyond the boundaries that are limiting your supply chain. Let's dive in. Today's episode is From Robots to Running Shoes, Removing the Boundaries of Changing Consumer Demand. My guests are Eric Rodriguez, who's Senior Director of Global Distribution at Brooks Running, Phil Archambault, Director of 3PL at Locus Robotics, and Larry Landheiser, Senior Director of Operations at DHL Supply Chain. Welcome, gentlemen, to all three of you. Thanks a lot for being here today. I know there's a, a working relationship between the three companies. Maybe, Larry, if you could start us off and followed by Eric, how did DHL and Brooks come together in the first place? Yeah, we've, we've had a relationship with Brooks Running for, for several years as they continue to have very strong growth. In June of last year, through several months of partnership and to continue to support their network, we started an e-commerce operation for them in the Midwest to continue to allow them to grow in all the other channels that are continuing to have strong growth in. Sure. So, Eric, how about from the Brooks perspective? That is correct. The relationship between Brooks and DHL, at least here in the U.S., only dates back about two years. Although the relationship at a global level uh, goes beyond that, we've had a relationship with uh, DHL uh, for many years overseas. Okay. And then, Eric, how did Locus become involved? And then, you know, maybe Phil, if you could answer that question from your chair. Locus has enjoyed a global partnership with DHL actually for a few years. Part of the benefits of that relationship is being able to expose our technology to, to cool brands like Brooks. So we got involved with discussions in this account, I believe, early in 2020 and deployed not too far thereafter. Eric, this was your first exposure to the Locus solution? I had seen the solution in the market, uh, but I had not really you know, been exposed as closely as obviously we did um, in July of last year. I think it's a great solution, at least for the type of operation that we're running, the type of product that we have, it addressed the needs that we had. So more broadly, is Brooks doing much on the automation and digitalization front in operations across your network? Uh, It's part of the strategy. So one thing that we've noticed is that the runner is the one that owns the, the channels. The runner is the one that makes the decisions. So they're always trying to engage with the brand online or digitally. So as early as we can engage with the runner, the better off we are. We can learn exactly what it is that he or she is looking for and be able to you know, deliver those goods. Brooks's name has running involved with it. Is it sort of limited to running products and you know, maybe a little bit of history on the company? Where did it come from and how do you guys focus? Yeah, so um, that's a very good question and thanks for asking because I don't know if many people know, but Bruce has been around since 1914, so that's a 107-year-old company. And believe it or not, the company actually began in Pennsylvania, out of all places. Back in the day, it was actually initiated by the Brooks family because it was a manufacturing company. They had to produce pretty much for every single sport around the year. So you could imagine that they were producing you know, basketball shoes, baseball shoes, ice skating, bathing shoes, you name it. They had to keep the machinery running, right? It was not until the probably late 70s, early 80s, when the first running boom occurred here in the U.S., that Brooks began producing running gear, mainly cross-country and track shoes. Retook that 
product portfolio back in the late 90s again, but it was not until 2000 with the arrival of the current CEO, Jim Weber, where we set this new strategy to focus on one category and one category only, that being running. And since then, we've been, like I said, focusing on three main things, which is delivering uh, the best possible running gear for the runner, uh, executing flawlessly, as well as being an inclusive brand. So I think for the last 21 years, we've been executing well on all three. Excellent. Phil, the Locust solution, I know it's a little bit challenging on a podcast format, but I would like you to describe it in as visual of terms as possible. It's a really cool thing to see in action. So can you tell us what it does look like? Sure. Yeah. I think you would ask a lot of people at Locust, what kind of company are you? We'd, we'd probably be more prone to say software company, although obviously the robot's a huge component of it. And, you know, if you think about like the robot droid spectrum, we're closer to an R2-D2 than like a C-3PO. So there's a, there's a base platform that's driven by two powered wheels. And then there's a mast that comes up off the platform with an iPad attached to it. And that iPad is the user interface. Uh, where associates simply just walk up to a robot and ask them to you know, put something on the shelf or take something off a shelf, many times with a visual description showing a picture of the item. And you know, the robot is fully autonomous in the way it moves around the warehouse. It's smart enough to avoid fork trucks and people and carts. And they're nimble little machines that just convey product around the warehouse. And really our secret sauce is you know, your pickers no longer have to carry these heavy carts around heavily congested tight spaces which allows for them to move more freely, allows for the goods to move more freely. And the net result is an increase in overall task density and therefore productivity in the space. Larry, how many, how many robots are at the Brooks site? Yeah, right now we have 65. We are going to be going up to 85 this year. Then at peak season, we'll adjust from there. So potentially 100 by the end of the year. Back to you, Phil. So these are all independent units and they're around people how does the orchestration work in terms of them being able to work in the same environment and not run into each other and, or, or run into people? Uh, that's a great question. So essentially we create a map of the facility actually using a robot and driving it around and it picks up all the infrastructure. We do this at a time when you know nobody's walking around the space, right? And then that map sort of becomes the robot's playpen. They can navigate anywhere within that space uh, freely. And they, and they use the sensor suite on board to detect obstacles, you know, as far as 30 meters away and, you know, nearly 360 degrees around itself. I can't remember the full radius of the sensor suite, but complemented by a couple cameras and they become very adept at obstacle avoidance and navigating around tight spaces and a really dynamic environment like a warehouse. Got it. So Larry and Eric, when you guys started talking about the solution design for the building that you started up last summer, how did that conversation go? I mean, when Larry did it appear to you like Locust may be a good part of the solution, how did you introduce that to Eric? Eric, how did you react to the suggestion? You know, how did that all work? That's a good question. Uh, You know, in a lot of our different e-commerce operations, we have begun to adopt robotics, and in particular, Locus, as our new way of doing picking. And so we have really gotten away from cart picking for a host of reasons. Obviously, it's more productive. It creates a safer environment for our associates. You know, it also does things like it gives a good associate experience. And so it was very easy as we started to engage with Brooks to understand based upon the solution that they were asking us to 
come up with, which was for e-commerce distribution that the locust bots really became just the primary opportunity. And, you know, we didn't even suggest a cart pick. It was to immediately look at locust as the solution. Eric, what did you think when you when you first heard that idea? Like I said earlier, I had been exposed very limited uh, to the solution. So I was curious when they presented it. And one thing that I have to say is that once you start using this solution, or at least, you know, playing with it, it is very, very intuitive. That's one thing that attracted me right away. The training or the learning curve, rather, is hardly there. Within a matter of minutes, you can be picking. Something else that at least I found out about, you know, in the last probably holiday season was that you can activate a feature called gamification, which I think is great to boost productivity, you know, during critical times. Say more about that gamification. How does that work and how does it play out in your operation? So in real time, associates can see how they're doing against themselves, against the competition, and you can set targets and you can actually reward employees for, you know, hitting certain targets. So Larry, what kinds of things were you um, putting up as rewards? Uh, You know, at peak season, we were giving away TVs, iPads, gift cards, you know, all those different things. And it becomes really fun, not only for the associates, but for everybody. And, and the whole team gets around it. Even an award would be, they get to name the bot. So these bots are going around the building and you get to have some fun with putting a bib, a runner's bib on the bot itself. So, you know, just to represent Brooks and our operation, associates want to know how they're doing. So it's not necessarily always about the reward, but they want to know how they are producing and they know what goals are. Um, this allows them to see in real time how they are progressing towards that. Good. Yeah, interesting. So the conventional wisdom in the media may be that some of these automating technologies are not positively viewed by associates that they you know, cut down on work hours, things like that. What's been the experience at Brooks? And then I'm going to ask you, Phil, what you guys are seeing as, a, as an overall uh, robotics company. You know, the first thing is, you know, we are not looking to replace our associates. This is to assist them. You know, when we're going into a design with a customer, you're not necessarily looking at a one-year design. You're typically looking at a five-year design or even longer. And you're building an infrastructure in the building beyond just how you're going to pick operations. It's the size of the building. It's the, the size of the break room. And sometimes companies just like Brooks, do way better than they were expecting. And so you outgrow some of that infrastructure. And so what robotics allows us to do is to ramp up in those different times of the year, whether it's a peak or a promo, and introduce technology that helps the associate. And the way that Locus helps us is if you were picking everybody on a cart, it creates a tremendous amount of congestion in the building. You have more carts and equipment than you need, where the locust with its algorithms and its ability to be smart really allows our associates to work independent of each other and it creates less chaos for them. And, and ultimately they see it as a better experience for themselves. I would add that it also reduces the order cycle time. How so? Uh, basically you're able to pick back these orders much sooner, uh, much faster versus perhaps a traditional pick to cart uh, type of uh, solution where you have to transverse the entire operation before you finish an order. So sort of in the grocery store analogy, you're pushing the cart through the aisles and going to checkout versus 
standing in an aisle on a cart. Or you're passing it to, you know, the next person in the next aisle, the next um, area, and then so on. The order gets completed much faster. So, Phil, what do you guys hear from other clients about the solution specifically as their associates work with it? Near universally, the associates love working with the robots. The, the feedback we usually get is the request to please not have to go back to pick with carts. You know, it's an ergonomically friendly experience. It's an easy to use interface, the iPad screen that changes to people's native language when they approach it. You know, we talked about the gamification piece, providing that, you know, real time feedback to users is obviously meaningful, both to the business and to the individual, right? And then our ability to sort of report what's happening on the warehouse floor is a little bit new and a paradigm shift too. So for the first time you can see, you know, how many orders are left to pick, where you are in your workflow, uh, what your throughput capacity hour over hour has been, your real-time user productivities, and it allows you to make business decisions based on the course of a day with actionable insight at your fingertips. So both from a user perspective and from a supervisor and manager perspective, people really appreciate the visibility that they have in this type of solution. One more thing that I would add, at least as a customer, is the ability to flex this type of solution up or down, depending on your demand. I don't know if we've talked about the volume increase that we saw in the during the holiday season last year. We actually flexed up about 40, 44 units on us here. And all we needed to do was give uh, Locus on DHL about a month and a half notice to be able to ramp up that many units. Yeah, and I think, you know, you're right, Eric, it was 45. Um, and uh, what's also very unique about Locus is when that bot comes on site, it can be up and running within two hours. It's a very easy tool to implement at your sites. Like Eric said, you can flex up and flex down. And it's just something that with today's e-commerce operations and and how they move up and down, Locus really partners and, and fits right in. Yeah, I would call it plug and play. Huh. And the, I'm curious about the flex down part, because I know there's a lot of sensitivity to idle assets in operations. How does that work with the Locust solution? How easy is it if you brought up 45 robots for peak and you didn't need them post-peak? Commercially, how does it work? Our business model allows for short-term rentals with 45 days notice, preferably. You can tell us, hey, we're going to need additional 45 robots for the next month or two months, You know, and, and we support those types of additional throughput capacities, and then we'll take the bots home, and then they get redistributed uh, elsewhere in our network, probably to a new warehouse. Got it. And then, Larry, operationally, we've got warehouse management systems in all of our buildings. How much integration work do you have to do to get the Locust solution up and running? I'm not going to tell you it's easy, because nothing is, but the integration with Locust is a lot easier than it is to integrate into a customer, you know, OMS. And so what's very unique and, and good about Locus is that the continual evolution in a site and the ability to make changes on the fly is not always about having to have extreme integration, but there's a lot of ability to make changes without having to continually change the integration, if you understand what I'm saying there. And so whether it's we change the map, the map changes quite a bit as a warehouse evolves. Um, how we pick, you know, so recently we, we went from a, a U-shaped pick into a zigzag pick. And that was something that was very easily just able to be done. And then overnight, um, it took that new map and we were able to use it the next day. You started up this building in July of 2020. I know that startups are kind of a high risk period of time in the best of times. We were in a pandemic, 
So from the Brooks standpoint, how worried were you about a successful startup and what kinds of things did you guys work on as a joint team between Brooks Locus and DHL to make sure that things went off without a hitch? I cannot stress enough how critical it was to get this operation up and running when it did in July. Just to give you an idea, 90% of our units flow through some type of retail store. So with retail shutting down in March, April of last year, we we took a pause. Uh, it really shook us to the core. And um, it took maybe about a week or two weeks before we began seeing the shift to the direct-to-consumer channel. Um, we have been working on a direct-to-consumer channel for a number of years, developing an omni-channel strategy. Unlike the other players in the industry that are focusing on the direct-to-consumer only, uh, we felt that, like I said earlier, nobody owns the running category in any particular channel. So we wanted to make sure that we had presence in all of those. And we were able to shift this volume that we saw in the marketplace to the direct-to-consumer. And this is where DHL and the solution actually you know, came in at the right time. Yes, to answer your question, it was very nerve-wracking because I had never done an implementation with any presence, any boots in the ground. Everything was done remotely via web conferences. So I have to give you know Locus as well as DHL a lot of praise for that. Larry, how did it feel from the operator chair? You know, the pandemic had already started. And the, the biggest shift for us was learning how to do this virtually with the customer. So as you can imagine, there was a lot of FaceTime and, and figuring out how to be able to show that the operation was capable of executing. And so we have a really robust planning and testing protocols that we use in all of our startups. So we're very comfortable knowing that if we follow the plan, that we are going to be able to execute. And this was no different. And I think another important part is that, you know, we've, we've launched with Locus before. So we, we understand, you know, where and what we need to do. And so as we started up, it was a very crisp startup. We did not feel any real pain and we were able to execute. And I will tell you that part of that is the, the planning from Brooks and you know how you ramp volume in versus just doing a very quick, all of a sudden burst. And so by doing that, we were able to make sure that as we went along day by day, which we were really focused on, that we were able to not only execute uh, for Brooks, but do it with scale. If you allow me, you know, regarding planning, I think that's a very important step as well, at least on our side. When the pandemic hit, obviously, we had to reset uh, the way we planned. We went from a monthly SNOP plan to a daily SNOP plan, looking for signals in the market, um, how many runners are in parks. We actually sent people from our sales and marketing teams to um, go out and report back. We looked at retail, uh, how many stores were closing, infection rates, you know, all those types of things. And that's what, you know, really uh, led us to believe that there was a recovery, that there was volume, and uh, we made the right decisions at the right time. Phil, I think you guys usually have on-site implementation teams at Locus. Was this one done remotely? Yeah, we've had to react, obviously, to the challenges that COVID's thrown at us in terms of travel and on-site performance. So, yeah, both from a deployment perspective, changed the way we do things with DHL, and then also from a workflow perspective, it, it changes things for the associates a little bit on the floor. So, we do have the ability to deploy 100% remote these days, you know, with some partnership from some on-hand support from folks who are allowed in the building. We were able to complete deployments without having to set foot in the space. 
which is pretty cool. And then once the robots are, are moving around the space, they're obviously keeping uh, associates a little bit further apart in their aisles so that they don't have to come into as much uh, close proximities with each other. So very different type of deployment process this year. Dramatic shift, obviously, to, to online components. But you know, when you think about the physical nature of what we do, still able to launch full deployments in these types of environments. Great. Eric, you mentioned the first running boom back in the 70s. Was there a COVID running boom? Uh, yes, there was. As a matter of fact, like I said before, we deployed some people from our teams to scout and report back. And I'm sure you noticed as well, you know, somebody who used to you know, run maybe two, three days a week was now running five days a week. Somebody who didn't run before began running. And then, you know, even people just needed to get out and walk. So, yes, we saw an increase in volume. As a matter of fact, we saw a 27% year over year in 2020. And then a big shift in channels too. It took about two weeks before we saw that shift in channel from retail to uh, direct to consumer. Yeah, interesting. So as you look ahead, Eric, what's next for Brooks? Well, uh, like I said before, we've been deploying this uh, strategy for 21 years and it's been working well for us. A strategy that focuses on product, on execution, as well as being an inclusive brand. So um, it's a strategy that translates well in every single market that we uh, operate in. Uh, running is the same around the world. People do it for different reasons, uh, to set targets for well-being, for health. So that's something that has worked uh, very well for us. And I think right now, being in the space of running, it's, it's very good. And uh, I'm glad to uh, report that as of today, we are the number one brand in performance running uh, in the U.S. Well, excellent. Well, let's leave it on that note. I'd like to thank all three of you guys for the discussion today. Really interesting story about what you accomplished together in a, in a challenging time. And it sounds like a, a very good outcome. Thank you all. Thanks for having us, Will. Thank you very much for the uh, time today, guys. And very nice to be on the show, Will. Thank you. If you enjoyed the conversation today, please share it with a friend and rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us online at dhl.com slash allbusinessnoboundaries and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter at, at DHL Supply Chain. We'll see you next time.